be in the house of the Lord this morning. Yes. Romans chapter 8, verse 15, it tells us. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God, and co-heirs with Christ. Aren't you glad that we are heirs with God and heirs with Christ and part His children? So let's stand this morning as we worship Him. Let's remember Chuck and his family in prayer. I was, I was thinking just a few minutes ago before we even begin the chapel service how much we need to come together for this period of time and put out of our minds those things that would call us back to our desks. Um, I, was, I was thinking of the multitude of issues with which we were all dealing 15 minutes before we came over here. In fact, I'd like to hear some of the things that you were dealing with. Um, what, what, Mal, you're, you're sitting back there just... He's kidding when he says looking forward to the next one. I, I have filled out those reports, and that was an iPads report yesterday, right? Uh, oh, boy. Bless your heart. Yeah. What, what else? What were you doing? Mike, do you ever get very far away from thinking about budget? Gary, you've been sending those corny emails again. Is that? <laughs> yes, it is, and we all need some laughter from time to time. Uh, Shirley. But I bet the budget bothered you, right? Bruce, were you evaluating a transcript? And, and those of you who don't work in admissions or registration don't understand how difficult, difficult it is to make that International Students' Day. 
Um, we have one particular applicant right now. Where is Mushud from? Nigeria. He hasn't called lately. Is he okay? Uh, yeah. Carol, what were you doing before you came over? I meant to talk to you about that. I'm not. Think of the variety of things. I mean, they've been working over in Williamson trying to get the security system set up. Yesterday afternoon when I was over there uh, trying to make final preparations for Free Food Tuesday, uh, Jenny needed to come and talk to me about something, and she walked into the kitchen almost ashen-faced because I gathered from what she said, just as she reached out and pulled open the door, one of the very loud alarms went off. And she walked in and said, did I set that off when I pulled the door open? I'm, I'm glad I don't work in Williamson right now. Those, those uh, alarms, Greg, you're just, those are loud. You need earmuffs. Don't sleep with earmuffs on. You won't hear them. But they are loud. We're, we're, faculty members were undoubtedly thinking about teaching class. We come from so many different directions just to gather here today. Our president, while we are here, is on his way, perhaps maybe even in the air. I don't know his travel schedule, but he's been in Washington, D.C. at a NICU meeting where they were going to address some of the issues of President Obama's latest attempt at making the life of college administrators as difficult as possible. And he is succeeding at least if all of those programs go through. We are, we are unique individuals. We each have our own particular role to play in the ongoing of this college. But I've been reminded again and again in recent days that whether we are working on payroll or dealing with Hispanic ministry or dealing with security or translating uh, foreign transcripts or dealing with financial aid issues or budget issues or academic issues or admissions. We are all here together with one purpose. To prepare men and women who are called to evangelize, disciple, and minister to the world. That's an awesome, awesome responsibility. I, I've been thinking back over the course of this year, and I, I, I remember Dr. Streit's message, I believe it was in October, when you spoke in our family chapel. And, and Dr. Streit told his story. And I remember 
back when he was telling us his story about kneeling at that altar on that, I believe it was Sunday night, with a little six-year-old boy who uh, also was kneeling, who has been a missionary, doctor. And I, I remember thinking back then, well, when I get a chance to speak in chapel, I'm going to ask... Uh, I'm going to ask some other people to come up and tell their stories because I'd like, I'd like to hear Mel's story. I mean, Mel, he didn't come with the first load of bricks, but Mel's been here a long time. Think of the, think of the dollars that Mel has enabled students to receive that have enabled students to go through our program and today are out in ministry. I'd like to hear Anna's story. She knows the registrar's office. I mean, she's been working since she was a child, I'm sure. <laughs> 18 years today? And, and as I have been thinking about that, I, I, I attended a... Uh, a meeting of the student development officers at Point Loma uh, a week ago. <laughs> student development officers of the various institutions of the Church of the Nazarene. And I don't want to say that, that the student development officers are smarter than any of the other groups that meet. I mean, the finance directors meet, the academic deans meet, the presidents meet. All of the rest of them travel around to different locations to meet. Uh, the student development officers, as I understand it, for years and years and years have always just followed a pattern and met in the same location. For years they met at Mid-American Nazarene University in January. And one year they were sitting there in the midst of a snowstorm and uh, they were gathered at Mid-America and one of them said, what are we doing here? in January at Mid-America, and we do this every year, and Gordon Golson, who was the Vice President of Student Development at Point Loma, said, uh, next year, why don't you come to Point Loma? The student development officers have been going to Point Loma in January every year since. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry, gentlemen, but I think they're smarter than, you know, moving all over the country. While we were there, one of the individuals who met with us is the individual who has served as clergy development director for the Church of the Nazarene for a number of years and has just recently been given the added responsibility of being the uh, education commissioner for the Church of the Nazarene. So Dan Kopp fills a very important role for the denomination. And while we were meeting, uh, one, of the, one of the men said, uh, Dan, tell us your story. And so Dan talked about the fact that as a college freshman, he moved to San Diego from Northern California, from a rural area, from a farming community. The very first year that... Point Loma was on the campus of Point Loma, having just moved from Pasadena. Dan talked about the fact that when he arrived as a new freshman, 
there were trucks to unload with equipment from Pasadena. And so before they moved into the dorm, they unloaded the trucks into the library and the business office and the president's office. And then he moved into his dorm room. He said he was alone. He was uh, timid, shy, backward. And, and the work that he had done in, in unloading those trucks into all those different offices had not provided him, at least he had not taken the opportunity to make one single friend. Said he never met his roommate before, it was just a sign. And during that first week uh, there in orientation and registration and so forth, he said every night my roommate came in late, came in drunk. He said I didn't know who to go, who to, go to, didn't know who to talk to. He said I went through all of the orientation process, went through the welcoming week, and he said at the end of the week I still had not made a friend. He said, we gathered for the, the last event of that welcome week on a Saturday night out in a, an open area, and Chaplain Reuben Welch led the student body in a communion service. Dan said, I was alone, I was miserable, I wanted to go home. And he said at the end of the, the message and the music, Chaplain Welch took a piece of bread and said, instead of distributing this bread to everybody, he said, I want you to share communion with each other. He said, I, I want you to just come up here, and there was a loaf of bread. He said, I want you to grab off a hunk of this loaf of bread and then I want you to go find a couple of friends and break bread together and share communion. Dad said, Dan said, I went forward, broke off a hunk of bread, and looked around, and there was nobody to share communion with. He said, nobody came my way, nobody looked at me, he said, I went off and stood kind of on the field by myself and hoped that someone would come toward me, and nobody did. He said, I finally walked over, took that hunk of bread and threw it in the trash and headed toward my dorm, getting ready to pack up and go home, thinking to myself, wonder how drunk he'll be tonight when he comes in. He said, I got halfway across the field, and I heard a voice behind me saying, Dan, can I talk to you a minute? And he said, I turned around, and it was my RA. He said, he walked up to me, and, and he said, what's, what's going on, Dan? Dan said, I looked at him and said, I don't belong here. I've been here a week. I haven't made a friend. Nobody's talked to me. I didn't even have anybody to share communion with. I said, I'll go back to my room tonight, and my roommate will come in late, and he'll come in drunk. I'm going home. This is not for me. He said, my RA put his arm around me and said, Dan, I can help you. He said, I just happen to know of another 
room that is now opening up because another guy decided to go home. I will help you move tonight. We can get you into a different situation. Stick it out. I'll be your friend. Dan said the rest of my experience at Point Loma and the rest of my life is attributable to that one encounter with one individual. The power of one. Now, if you've looked at all at the announcement about today, you'll see that the message was entitled The Power of One Squared. Gary said to me yesterday, Gary <coughs> Haynes, I can hardly wait to hear that. What is the power of one squared? Isn't it one? Yeah, okay, so I took a bit of poetic license with the idea, right? In the book of Ecclesiastes, the fourth chapter, I want to begin reading with verse 9 through verse 12. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up, but pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. The power of one. That one individual sensing a lonely, scared, frightened, timid freshman changed the course of that young man's life and in that simple act has changed the church of the Nazarene. You and I encounter students every single, well, maybe not day, week, through email, on the telephone, or standing in front of your desk. That we have been given by God the opportunity to change their life. There's two young men that sit in Jenny's office almost every afternoon. In fact, uh, I saw one of them Saturday at the banquet, and I said, I'm glad to see you. I, I, I was wondering if I would miss the daily visit. Are they... Uh, are they supposed to be in Jenny's office every day? No. Is Jenny making a difference in their lives? Absolutely. The power of one. Where you and I have the opportunity to make a difference Individually, together, two or three of us impacting the life of men and women. And oh, it is so easy. It is so easy to become jaded. 
It, it's so easy to become cynical. When they come for the fifth potter loan in six months. I mean, we sometimes talk about our students who live on financial aid. There are also some who attempt to live on potter loans. But what can happen? What can happen when one of those individuals and our contact with them really changes their life? The power of one. That's you. That's JC, Carla, Chuck, Mel, Jeff. I'm not going to call you all by name. The power that we have in our daily lives, the responsibility that God has placed upon us. Yesterday there was a young man in the admissions office. He's been in. He plans on starting in the spring. Gary Haynes has been struck by his uh, testimony as written in his essay for application. So struck by it that uh, he asked permission of this young man to, to send his testimony off to Gary Bond, who is the uh, editor of the Perspective Evangelist magazine. That story of that young man will be printed in an upcoming issue of the Perspective. Yesterday, in Gary's office, Gary sensed that that young man was struggling. Gary said to him uh, as they were conversing, has anyone ever talked to you about the power of the Holy Spirit? He said, well, I've heard some things, I've read some things, I don't understand it all. Gary talked to him. Before that young man walked out of Gary's office, Gary prayed with him. And then Gary came down to my office with Joe. And Gary said, Doc, Joe's got something to share with you. And Joe stood there in the doorway of my office and said, I just surrendered my all to Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit has sanctified me. Not a bad day's work, Gary. See, that's what we're here for. We're here to help men and women confront God's call, God's plan, God's will for their lives. And we do it whether we're in the business office or the financial aid office or the registrar's office, in the online department, in admissions, in teaching in front of a class. We, we, so often we get such a tunnel vision. Two are better than one. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Don's out there working to make the apostles' court beautiful in the spring. He is adding as much 
to what we do around here as anyone else. You and I have a high and holy calling. It would be wonderful if we could just, I don't, I don't, I don't really suggest this, okay? It'd be wonderful if we'd have chapel every day. And just have each one, you know, take a chapel service and tell their story. I don't know how we all got here together at this time in this way. But i got to tell you, God is not done with this college yet. In spite of what anybody may say, any doomsayer or naysayer, God's not finished with Nazarene Bible College. Not when young men can pray through in a, an admissions office or a classroom or a chapel service. For the next several days, I'm, going, I'm planning to send out a, a daily email to all of us with a very special prayer request. The email is going to say, to be headed, where's Janine and Scott? Janine and Scott McConaughey flew away today. They're going to be gone for the next um, 10, 11 days, and they're going to be meeting. They're going to, to go to the ACSI convention in Birmingham. And then they're taking a zigzag tour <clears throat> through Alabama and Georgia to talk to our alumni, to talk to Salvation Army personnel, to talk to prospective students. They're going to visit all kinds of different Christian schools across those two states. And I'm going to send a note to you where are Janine and Scott? Uh, like, where's Waldo? <clears throat> I asked him to send me a, a picture every day so I can send it to you. And for all the IT people, everybody, when you get that picture, when I send it to you, be sure you delete it. Don't keep it in your email. We don't want to store that picture 80 times. Janine suggested that maybe they could get red and white striped shirts. The reason I want to send it to you is I want you to pray. For there's two there, there's us here, the a cord of three strands is not easily broken. They're on a mission. They're on a mission to connect with our alumni. They're on a mission to connect with potential students. They're on a mission to prepare adults to evangelize, disciple, and minister to the world. And you know what? When you walk out of that door and walk out of one of those doors, you're on a mission. The power of one. Someone may cross your pathway today through a telephone call, an email message in the library or at your desk or in a classroom or wherever. And you may have the power to say to that person who is discouraged and lonely and down and in despair, 
let me help. Power of one squared, as Gary points out, is still one. But the power that we have together, as we together individually and corporately work with the students that God has sent to us, whether online or on campus, is a power to change eternity. Our Heavenly Father, may we take our responsibilities seriously. And while we get involved in the many different activities that are ours to perform, may we constantly be reminded that we have a pow the power to make a difference in the lives of men and women who are called by you into your harvest field. Help us to make a difference. In your name I pray. Amen.